0: The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Our number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. The French president, Emmanuel Macron, had a phone call with uh, Vladimir Putin this morning and says that the 90-minute conversation resulted in Putin saying that the invasion of Ukraine was going according to plan. A French uh, government official who listened in on the call or has been uh, brought up to speed on the content of the call says the tone of the call was pessimistic and not so friendly and that Emmanuel Macron believes that quote, the worst is yet to come after a call with Vladimir Putin. Um, there are hundreds of Ukrainian citizens feared dead in the port city of Mariupol. Explosions have been reported in the capital of Kiev and heavy shelling in Kharkiv. Uh, Fox reported this morning that 8% of U.S. oil imports came from Russia last year. But but in the last two weeks, we have not purchased any barrels of oil from Russia. That's good news. We should not be purchasing Russian oil. I would be all in favor of that. We should be sanctioning Russian oil and gas. We have not announced that we are sanctioning it. If we're not buying it, I'm happy about that. I said yesterday... I complain a lot about gas prices. I am willing to pay. I w- let's put it this way: I would be willing to pay higher gas prices and be uh, "quote unquote" penalized or suffer a personal impact if it was done in an effort to save Ukrainian lives and to save a sovereign country. It is not a. Ch- it is not something we have to do, however, because we have the capacity to produce all the oil we need and liquid natural gas and other petroleum products that Europe needs. We have the capacity to do that here, and we're not doing it. That is why I'm critical of the Biden administration's half measures to get their arms around this. I don't want to buy oil from our enemies, but I'm not the accomplished mayor of South Bend, Indiana. The train aficionado, the uh, man who went on maternity leave during the supply chain crisis. I'm not the transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who tells MSNBC this morning that if we're not going to buy raw oil from Russia, maybe we will buy it from
1: Iran. Could the president possibly consider authorizing the Keystone Pipeline, uh, working something out with Iran?
0: I mean, uh, look, the the president has said that all options are on the table, but we also need to make sure that uh, uh, we're not galloping after permanent solutions to immediate short-term problems where uh, more strategic and tactical actions in the short term can make a difference. Yeah. Why would we want a permanent solution to energy issues here at home? Why would we want that? Pete Buttigieg wants to know. Why would we be galloping after Permanent solutions. She said, Keystone XL pipeline, that's a permanent solution. He doesn't want to gallop after a permanent solution. And she also said, buying oil from Iran. Oh, yeah. We all know that when Trump ended the Iran nuclear deal, Trump's fingerprints are on it. Trump's fingerprints must be scrubbed off everything. Off remain in Mexico, off tax cuts, off peace through strength, off beefing up our military. Is there any aspect of the Donald Trump legislative agenda, any aspect that the Democrats have not dedicated themselves to undoing? I can't think of one. I can't think of one. Because if Trump did it, it must be undone. Paris Climate Accord, another one. So they have said, we want to get back into the Iran nuclear deal. And I'm sure Iran would love that. Another plane load of pallets of cash to Iran. And I can very easily see that they would start to supply us with more oil. We've begged OPEC to start producing more oil. Why would you ask someone else to do something that you can do yourself? Mr. Joe Union job Guy, like, oh, but of course, the disdain that the Biden administration has for everyday working Americans is obvious in the way that they supported Justin Trudeau's crackdown on those kinds of workers in the trucker convoy in Ottawa. So, again, this is not a complex political calculation, it's not a hard thing to understand. They would always tell you, oh, it's so complicated, it's so complex, there's so many moving parts of this, you can't understand it, oh, it's just beyond the understanding of the average ordinary American. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You know, very rarely can you chase two rabbits at once and get both rabbits, but in this case, we have the capacity to get both rabbits. We have the capacity to hurt Russia, not buy their oil, and to have low gas prices because we can produce enough oil to lower our gas prices. What was gas when Trump was in office? It was way lower than it is now. In some cases, probably now it's getting close to a dollar less. It was 3.79 this morning. 3.79, it jumped 20 more cents. Right up oh, the street, wow. right up the street from the radio station, three seventy nine. I'm so glad we uh, released all those barrels of oil from the strategic oil reserves.
1: Which lasted what a day?
0: Yeah, I mean, we can kill two rabbits. We can hurt Russia. Well, actually, we can kill three rabbits. We can hurt Russia. We can not buy from Iran. We can have more good paying jobs here in America. Three rabbits at once and four and low gas prices. We can do all four. But they're not going to do it. They are absolutely not going to do it. And I know I harp on it day after day after day after day because it is just that simple. Jen Psaki makes it sound like it's differential calculus. It's not differential calculus. What he does not want to do is topple the global oil markets or the global marketplace or impact the American people more with higher energy and gas prices. It's still on the table. It's not off the table. Yeah. Well, the one rabbit they absolutely don't want to kill is the allegiance of the green freaks out there, of the AOCs, the Cory Bushes. They're willing to take them on, on crime because that would cost them uh, uh, not taking them on on crime would cost them more of a, it's always a political calculation. They can make Corey Bush and Ilhan Omar and AOC mad and AOC can talk about how there's a uh, exaggeration of crime numbers across the country and they can ignore her on that because if they don't ignore her on that, they're going to pay a bigger cost at the polls in November. But on the green stuff, then you're, then you're, like, taking the risk of ticking off Bernie and all of his weird wackos. And so they're not going to do that. Mitch McConnell, and by the way, you say, well, you know, Biden, he'd probably like to ramp up production of oil and all those kinds of things. Republicans, if you're a Democrat out there, you're probably going, wow, you know, Kevin McCarthy's not going to go along with that. and Jim Jordan's not going to go along with that. The Republicans are not going to go along with that. They're not going to do. They're obstructionists. They're not going to do anything that would help Joe Biden. Uh, no, Joe Biden can do this. One thing Joe Biden can do besides stumble and bumble and slur and sputter and call Ukrainians, Uranians. This is the one thing he can do all on his own, according to Mitch McConnell. The president could, with a stroke of the pen, get us back in the production business so that not only could we meet our own needs, which we did as recently as 2019, but export to Europe as well. Liquid natural gas can be shipped to Europe and then turned into gasoline. We can power Europe. We can power ourselves. We can power our economy. And we can disempower Vladimir Putin. And it's, the thing is, I really do think with the power of the lying media behind him, this could lift Joe Biden's popularity numbers. And give him a chance to mitigate the damage of Democrats in the midterms, which I don't want. So I guess sometimes I should be thankful that they're just that stupid. Uh, We played you extensive uh, audio from Joe Biden's State of the Union address on, what was that, Tuesday night? Yeah, Tuesday night. And uh, now we give you some uh, reaction from pundits around the uh, electronic media. Here is uh, Trey Gowdy. Again, Trey Gowdy, one of my favorites. Trey Gowdy on uh, Joe Biden. I think two-thirds of our country think we're headed in the wrong direction, and when that happens, you either tell the people they're wrong, uh, and good luck doing that, or you admit that you need a course correction. Uh, He opted for what all politicians opt for. Don't believe the statistics, don't believe the numbers, things are going great. Uh, Real leaders change course. Politicians on both sides regrettably do not. Uh, That is absolutely true. Uh, Here's Mitch McConnell. Senate uh, Minority Leader. I think he's been this all along. He was brave enough to... uh, I apologize. This is Mitch McConnell talking about Vladimir Putin and whether Vladimir Putin is uh, going off the deep end. I think he's been this all along. He was brave enough to to finally try it. And look, I, I think the precipitous withdrawal from Afghanistan was a message to people like Putin that America was rethinking our forward-leaning position in the world. And um, I don't think if we'd cut and run in Afghanistan, Putin would have tried this at all. Totally agree with that. I have said that. I also think that this Ukrainian situation is one explosive photograph, video, uh, social media post away from moving America in a way that so far we have remained unmoved. Ben Dominich, also one of my favorites from the Federalist, Ben Dominich, pointing that out. There is no appetite on the part of the American people to be sucked into yet another war. Uh, And this is a war weary nation in a lot of ways, dealing with many economic problems of its own. We have enough going on here domestically, and we don't want to be sucked into it at the same time these images are going to motivate more and more people, and there's going to be more and more of them, sadly, of uh, dead women and children, of uh, indiscriminate bombing uh, that is going to claim the lives of many an innocent Ukrainian. And I think that politicians in Washington have to be prepared uh, to deal with that and to offer a response. Uh, Targeting the oligarchs in new ways or finding new ways to to deal with them is, I think, an important part of that response. Uh, But people are going to start demanding more action, and there has to me something to offer. Uh, Fox is reporting right now that 300 Ukrainian citizens have been killed this morning in one of the cities that Russia is bombing indiscriminately. Um, that is just, I mean, that is just horrific. And it makes the uh, limp response from the Biden administration, and specifically Secretary of State Anthony Blinken, I mean, if, if you... If you know anything about World War II history, you know that Hitler was emboldened by England's similar reaction to his initial aggression into Poland. And uh, here is Anthony Blinken, who's on his way to Budapest, which, man, what a grift this guy's got going. World traveler, never gets anything done, always appears overmatched. Sounding this morning very Neville Chamberlain-like. These aren't military targets. They are places where civilians work and families live. We're looking very closely at uh, what's happening in Ukraine right now, Ooh. including what's happening to uh, to civilians. Ooh. Uh, we're taking account of it. Ooh. We're documenting it. Yes. And we want to ensure, among other things, that there's accountability for it. I'm putting it on your permanent record, Vladimir Putin. We're taking note of it. There'll be a very strongly worded press release coming out condemning this. In 30 days. Unbelievable. I've got to wait 30 days. We're taking notes. I'm taking, I'm watching you. I'm watching you, Vladimir Putin. 300, put that on the list. Come on. This is embarrassing. This is completely embarrassing. Uh, Jason Whitlock of The Blaze talking about Joe Biden and uh, what he needs to do rather than what he is doing.
1: I thought after he got done addressing Ukraine and all that, then he pivoted to, well, let me get to some of... President Trump's talking points and adopt them as my own. Now he wants to bring manufacturing jobs back. Now he wants to make it here in America. Now he wants to fund the police. Now he wants to secure the border. This, the second part of that speech, and this all was a clever sleight of hand. This guy's a globalist. He's worried about uh, global issues that 's why he left China out of this because if he really wants to talk about the biggest threat to America and what 's really influencing American culture and undermining American values and taking our country in the wrong direction it 's China, but he avoided that and and wants to be seen as this great unifier of the globe you can 't be a great unifier of the rest of the world. If you're not legitimately promoting unity here at home among Americans.
0: He's so right about that. And there is no safety for the world if America is not viewed as having the capacity to be America's policeman. And Whitlock hits it exactly right, that Biden is a globalist and Obama was and is a globalist. And so many people on the left are globalists because they are naive They really do believe that, oh, you know, people are inherently good. Look at their view of crime in America. Crime is not because people are evil and they do evil things. Crime happens because people are not treated fairly. And they had no chance growing up. And it's someone's fault that they're committing the crimes. And they're not committing the crimes. The crimes are not human violence and human failing and human depravity it's gun violence it's the gun's fault and punishment is unfair punishment is mean and if we punish them why why they won't like it and then and then they'll act up again and on the world stage you know vladimir putin oh he's got troops on the border but he would you know he would never invade a sovereign country and kill women and children this guy is a brutal Killer, He is an unrepentant murderer of innocent people for his own gain. He does not care about the people he's killing. He does not care if we level the economy of his country because he is insulated and immune from that. And we have morons like Jennifer Rubin of the Washington Post who tweeted today, never before. Has the value of NATO been so apparent, even the United Nations has sprung to life? Republicans' applause at the State of the Union for the alliance Biden constructed is implicit recognition that America first is kaput. Really? Really? What good is NATO doing? The women and the children right now who are lying dead in the streets of the city's Russia is bombing. What good Is the United Nations springing to life? You know who's not springing to life? Kids in Ukraine who ought to be running through the fields playing without bombs dropping on their heads.